This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It is September 9th, a Wednesday morning or afternoon when you're tuning in on WMIE. So glad you could take time out of your day get into the Word together. That's what Morning Breath's all about. It's a way to get into the Word of God, get it on the inside of you, and kind of do a devotion, a morning devotion for some, maybe afternoon or before you go to bed. doesn't matter when it works for you, as long as it works for you. And we're, we're, we are encouraged that you're getting involved in the Word of God. What we do is read a chapter of the Bible, pick it ahead of time, and well, Pastor Mark will tell you in a minute how to, how to know what that is, but we pick chapters, then read them each and every day, and then we uh, spend some time studying it, looking at it, praying about it, and then we join uh, each other here at the radio sort of broadcast booth we've got at the Merritt Island campus of East Coast Christian Center, and we talk about the chapter, and we just uh, let the Spirit of God lead us on what we're going to share on, and we do that uh, here, and I got Pastor Mark with me, helping me. How are you doing, Pastor Mark? Great, Pastor Dan. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks yeah. for being here. It's great to be here. We want you guys to join us. Like Pastor Dan said, uh, the morning breath guide is what you need, and that tells you what chapter we're going to be in and what chapters we have been in and even where we're going. So, boy, you can know the past, present, and future. Uh, <laughs> get on uh, get on the East Coast app. If you haven't downloaded that, you should download that to your phone uh, or the website, eccc.us, and you can find the morning breath guide there under our media tab or under our podcast button, and uh, that'll tell you where we're going. You can also listen to past episodes, past podcasts of the show if you want to listen to it that way. Um, And so you can also find us uh, online at East Coast Christian Center um, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. There's lots of ways for you to find us. Uh, If you need an emailed Morning Breath Guide, you can call the office, 321-452-1060. And so there's all kinds of ways you can connect with us digitally. But we're also doing stuff uh, in the buildings, too. Absolutely. Having yeah. live services at all our campuses. You can check for the times because they're different at all the all the different campuses. So go online and you can check what time. You can visit out the Coco Vieira here on Merritt Island in the Parkway, which is also on Merritt Island. But those are available for you. We're also doing, uh, you, you should probably handle that relaunch one. What's oh, going uh, on yeah. There? Celebrate Recovery. <clears throat> so that's a great ministry that's going on here at East Coast Christian Center. Uh, it's starting on the 14th. That's a Monday, Monday the 14th. That's being relaunched. Celebrate Recovery is all about helping people with hurts, habits, and hangups. And so whatever it is that, you know, you've got something attached to your life that you're trying to shake off, th- these are the people uh, to help you do that. It's an incredible group. It's having great impact on people's lives. Uh, people are getting set free from it. And so I really encourage you. The best way um, that I know of off the top of my head to find that is it is listed a among our small groups. Um, I th- it might have another page on our website, but I know it's listed on our small groups. So if you go to eccc.us slash groups, um, you can find uh, the Celebrate Recovery contact information. You can reach out to the leaders um, and uh, find out exactly when and where they're going to be. But they'll be here on campus on Monday the 14th. Yep. And that's kind of a relaunch. So if you're thinking, man, you know, this is a fresh way for you to get involved. Yeah. And so because of coronavirus and all sorts of things, there's been you know, off and on again about some of the things we do at the church, what we're allowed to do and not allowed to do. And so this is kind of a relaunch. And so it'd be a fresh time for you to get involved in that ministry. Yeah. And what are the three things you called, you said about hangups or hurt? hurt the, what they talk about is hurts, habits, and hangups. Good. Yeah. Good. So it's more than what you might think. Oh yeah. It's not just habits. Yeah. Can be hurts. Exactly. Yeah. You can get cool. bogged down with a hurt that's been hanging on to your life and you just need breakthrough and these yeah. guys can help you. Yeah. Wow. 
And then hangups. Yeah. How much time do you have, Pastor Mark, to talk <laughs> about my hangups? No. Yeah, we all, I think we all could, uh, I, you know, that I'll get real blunt there. We all could receive help from a group that talked about that kind of stuff. But if you are sort of frozen, if you're being held back by something in your life in any of those areas, you know, getting in a group of people that will help you believe in you, uh, help help seek God with you to see those things are broken and you set free from them. It's an incredible group to get involved in. Also, yeah. we have a video podcast with Pastor Matthew and Jessica Stalbaum. That's every Monday on our East Coast YouTube page. And what time's that on? Seven a.m. It is. It that's when it goes on, and that's on all day. Yeah, I mean, it's on all forever. week, yeah, all forever. forever and ever. <laughs> Once it's posted, it's there forever. That's what I thought. Yeah. So after uh, that that time, you can get on there and watch that podcast, and that's really the radio program done in a podcast form. And if you'd like to know what goes on behind the scenes in, a, in the radio program, you can do that. Go on the podcast. Be good. I guess we're going to get to the place where we do that on all our programs. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard word about it. How do we get there? Um, some cameras. Yeah. How long do <laughs> you think? Um, whenever we buy the cameras. Is that all that has to happen? Uh, no, there's definitely some other stuff. Oh, okay. That <laughs> I mean I'm going to have to start wearing a shirt when I do the show? Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't wear my pink tutu. You can't wear your pink. Well, you know, I actually think it would make it more novel of a program if... Uh, if we all... all if, the, yeah, if Mark yeah. left his shirt off and you had your pink tutu on. We yeah. would see a drastic decline in viewer participation. Oh, yeah, that probably would. Yeah. I don't know. It might go up. There's a, you know, everybody goes to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show, don't they? But anyway, sorry. I don't know. Anyway, that was... Uh, that was bad. Anyway, let's get into it today. We are uh, in uh, chapter two of Galatians, and uh, this is a book that, uh, and I'll just start with this. If you've ever struggled with it um, out there in, in reading, there was a season in my life when I really struggled with Galatians, like, man, he seems like he goes back and forth and back and forth, the law, the grace, the grace, the law, the, blah, 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 that I, I, I literally, I felt like I got bogged down in what he, the simple message of what he was saying throughout this book. And I read it in the Phillips translation. Mm. And the Phillips translation was like, it was like, you know, when the little birds chirp and the <laughs> angels sing and, you know, yeah. in the background. I just, it just seemed like a lot of what Paul was trying to get across in the book of Galatians just sort of melted into me. It was just, it got really clear. And so uh, I don't think the Phillips translation is the best translation on a lot of other books in the Bible. In fact, I think it's one of the worst ones on Corinthians that you'll ever find. <laughs> but again, the value of reading in other translations, I read it in the Phillips and I really felt like it became a lot clearer to mm. me. I also recommend the Amplified uh, to read Galatians in as well. It uh, it fills in, clears up a little bit of a couple of the areas that you might go, oh, what's he on again? And, you know, because of the fullness of the language of the Amplified, you get some really good, uh, good answers that way. So Phillips kind of simplifies it, and the Amplified kind of explains it. Yeah. You know, and so I think they're two good translations to read this chapter in. Anyway, we're in chapter two. Yeah. How many verses we got there in two? 21. 21. Well, I think I'll just read through 10 then. Yeah, it's a nice break right there. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Let's get break. started then in the Let's New King it. James. Me too. All right, Pastor Dan, I say unto you, read, sir. 
Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And this occurred because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows no personal favoritism to no man, for those who seem to be something added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me towards the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I was eager to do. Verse 11, Now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face, because he was to be blamed. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter before them all, If you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live as Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles— Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are also found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law, that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh by the, I'm sorry, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain." Amen. The next line that Paul uses in chapter 3 is, are you guys nuts? Yeah. Uh, Oh, foolish (laughs) Galatians, or are you crazy? Um, He is laying the foundation for what he's going to accuse them for maybe being crazy in, in making a decision. And the foundation he's laying here is this picture of law versus grace. You know, you, you came into the kingdom, uh, a certain way. Are you now going to stay in the kingdom another way? And so he is, uh, he's laying out for them and all of us, by the way, uh, how important it is to understand how, how we get saved, how we stay saved, how we, uh, walk out our salvation. And, uh, he's trying to 
to do it by using one, he's using an example. He's starting by going, look, I talked to, I talked to these guys, Peter, James, and uh, was it John or who else was it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I James, love Cephas, that he, and John. Yeah, I love when he changes it to Cephas from Peter. I, it just blows my mind. Why, <laughs> why did you, it's the same guy. Why would you start calling him Cephas instead of Peter? But he says, you know, uses the example of uh, guys that were, you know, obviously involved with Jesus, walked with Jesus, because Paul doesn't have that in, that sort of credential. He doesn't have, uh, he was an apostle, he was a disciple. He, the only reason he ever saw Jesus was he saw Jesus in the spirit in you know, spiritually afterwards because he got saved after Jesus, you know, ascended into heaven. Yeah. And so he uses some examples that way. And then he uses an example of even Peter getting off track and making some choices that were not based on grace, but were based on law. Yeah. And so uh, he really lays this chapter out well. And uh, this chapter, I, for one, um, I actually used this chapter in Israel one time. I was at dinner in Israel, and there was a Jewish believer with us at the table talking to some of the other Christians that had come from America to do a tour. And they were basically explaining that uh, if the one lady had a Jewish background, and so she was a Jewish lady who was born again, who came from America to Israel on a tour. And he was explaining that she needed to eat kosher while she was in America because she was part of the dispersion and that the dispersion was supposed to eat kosher even though they were in another country, like Daniel did, for example, uh, where he wouldn't eat the king's delicacies and things dedicated unto idols. And uh, I, you know, I said, well, yeah, no, I don't think that's really what she's supposed to be doing. And I started here because it was all about Peter eating with yeah. a certain group of people. And so there's some practical examples in here and then a ton of doctrinal truth. There is. It's and what what Paul is laying out here is that is not to compromise the grace of God. Mm. And it's and it's so easy to compromise Pastor Dan because everything about the world is telling us that life is about what you do, how yep. you perform. Yep. And and when you get into a church setting, it's just as challenging because people are vying for your uh favor. You know, mm. that's what Jesus why was Jesus so hated by the Pharisees? He was taking their crowd. Yeah, he was. That's what the bottom he, line. They yeah. they were so jealous. Even Pilate saw it. Pilate saw when Jesus was on trial, the Bible says that Pilate understood that they brought him there out of envy. Yeah, envy, jealousy. This is a, a, yeah. a, a, a Gentile ruler who's in no way yeah. studying, you know, but he's like, these guys are just jealous. This yeah. is what, And so that's always <laughs> going on because people are going to be attracted to the grace message because it is, it is freeing. Jesus said, my yoke is easy, so put away the heavy burden. So people get attracted to that, but then there's always the people who are, who are leading from a religious standpoint and they begin to lose their following, and that mm. makes them mad. And that's what they were dealing with here. They, these guys came in to spy out what this grace message was all about and what these guys were preaching so that they could they could recapture. It says bring them into bondage. They wanted to recapture that audience. Um, but Paul said, we did not yield submission even for an hour. Mm. We cannot yield the radical truth of the grace of God. If we, as soon as we start to say, well, to make them happy, I'll back off of this message a little bit. I'll compromise a little bit. Look, there's, there's, you cannot have salt and fresh water coming out of the same spigot. It doesn't Why? work. It, because they're, 
Well, go ahead. Explain yeah. it. <laughs> well, I mean, once you put any salt water in fresh water, it's all salt it's water. It's all salt water. Yeah. And so the the statement there is, it it you can't even let a little bit creep into it because once you do, see one bit of works added to self added to salvation picture. Now this doesn't mean we do not work from righteousness that what God has done in our hearts and change us as an example, it's easier for me to do what's right today than than it ever was under than the law. it ever yeah. was under the law. In fact, when I got saved, I thought I needed to do something to come to Jesus. So I thought, I'll quit drinking. I'll quit doing drugs. I'll quit this. And I could not quit them. What's interesting was what I thought would allow me to come to God, I wasn't even able to do. Wow. But when I came to God, I was able to quit effortlessly. Wow. Though I worked for two years to stop being addicted, the, the effort I had never got me to God, but when I gave up, fell on my face and said, Jesus, I just need help, I effortlessly gave up what it took me two years to do. So this all boils down not to what you do, but why you do what you do. Because it's good to read your Bible. It's good to pray. It's good to go to church. It's good to give. It's good, and we could go on and on to love your wife, your kids, your, you know, to go to work on time. Those things are all right and good. But they don't earn you. They are not a way to purchase any of God's favor Amen. or grace or love or anything. Not just salvation in the sense of if I do enough, I'll get I'll get saved and go to heaven. No. If you do enough, God will like you better. If you do enough, God will smile on you today. You know, I was watching a show the other night and uh, they were having a fight about abortion. And one person was very much pro-life. The other person was more pro-abortion. And the one who was pro-life was appealing for a baby when it was four months old in its mother's womb. And the lady had actually had a miscarriage and had performed abortion. And so she had experienced both. And the grief she experienced at losing the child was, was real. And so now she was conflicted because she had felt such grief for losing a four-month-old, and I got my hyper quotes up here, fetus, the other, and what he is calling, the other person is calling a baby, that she's now conflicted about, well, really is abortion right? And then she said, do you think God's punishing us for what I've done? And that whole thinking of, what I do makes God mad at me. It's just as much counter grace yes. as what I do makes God happy with me. And I don't know about you, Mark, but I live my life entirely of thinking if I was doing the right thing and, and things would go good in my life, and if I was doing the wrong thing, things would go bad in my life. People still deal with it today. There are people today in listening to me right now that are having trouble believing for their healing because they know they've done something wrong in their life. Well, I got news for you. You don't get healed based on what you did right or wrong in your life. You get healed based on the stripes on Jesus' yes, back. Yes. And you got to give all that up. You got to give up the, the right to receive something wonderful because you do something right. And you got to give up the right to receive something horrible because you do something wrong. Yes. Because we gain heaven and we avoid hell 
through the grace of God. Both sides of that are avoided through the grace grace of God, or I shouldn't say avoided, but hell's bad's avoided and goods received, not based on what we've done, but based on what we've believed. And then we have to get past, and I I know even sometimes in the church we say things this way, but I think it can be dangerous, and it sets people up for the thinking that you're describing, Pastor Dan. We tend to, we tend, and I say I'm capital C church, we tend to say, um, if you do this, then God does this. Mm. And I think that there's a there's a big reason why people think the way they do. Oh yeah. If I do this, then God will do this. If I do this good, then God will reward me. If I do this bad, then God. And then we say, well, if you if you don't do this, then God can't do this. None of that's true. <sighs> you know what? Because Hebrews chapter four says that God rested on the seventh day from all His works. Yep. Like it's already been done. Christ yep. was slain from the foundation of the world, and so God is not responding to what we do in the sense that we think of it. When the the work has already been provided. We have been given everything pertaining to life and godliness, and we receive it by faith alone. And that's even what what uh, what Paul talks about here at the end of the chapter. Look, we <laughs> there is no way. Uh, actually, it's not the end of the chapter. It's back in uh, verse sixteen. Knowing yeah. that a man mm-hmm. is not justified, you are not made right by the works of the law or made wrong by breaking the works of the law. It goes both ways. Yep. He says, even we. The Jews who lived under the law, even we have believed that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Like he's, I love how he says, look, these guys seem to already get it. These Gentiles seem to already get it. We need to remember that even we who had the, who had the oracles of God, even we are justified in the same way that they're justified. And there's not another way. And, and I think the other thing about this, Pastor Dan, when he talks about there not being any respecter of person, God's not a respecter of persons. Um, not only does that mean that this is available to whosoever will. But I think it also means, and, and kind of when I look at this and I talk and I look at not being yield, not yielding the radical truth of the grace of God is that no matter what influential person is saying something, you can't yield that thing. Pastor Dan, like just a, as an example, I know you'd agree with this. If you started going crazy and started preaching law, <laughs> right, it yeah. would it would be on me to say, you know what, that's, that's right. not right. That's Well, that's not, exactly the, the exactly. picture yeah. that's going on here because Peter's the higher sort of longer believer, apostle, blah, 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 blah. And, and Paul went there to make sure he wasn't out of line. When he originally went there after 14 years, it says, I, uh, unless by any means I might run or had run in vain, I went to check to make sure the gospel I was preaching was the right one. Yeah. And it, he got verified by Peter, James, and John. And now he's got to rebuke Peter, <laughs> at which we all need. Yeah. If any of us get out of line in that. The other side of this, and I think it's very important that people understand this. And though we do not compromise the radical grace of God, that doesn't keep us from understanding difficult situations people go through. You know, uh, I believe that God wants us all well, for an example, that God wants us healed. But the truth is I have been around and been in situations where either myself or others did not receive that healing and dealt with pain or suffering because of it. Just because somebody doesn't walk in all that God has for us, which by the way, none of us do. None of us completely walk in all that God has promised for us. We don't need to approach them in anything but compassionate, loving, 
I mean, part of the pastoral ministry, it's one thing to be a teacher. It's another thing to be a prophet. But part of the pastoral ministry is the care and love and support people need. You know, uh, somebody said, I I don't care how much you know. I want to know how much you care. Uh, That is part of the process that we comfort, love, and help people through situations. Now, Paul taught it one way, and he's pretty, he's strong as horseradish. (laughs) There's just no other way. James, man, after I read James, I feel like I just got a licking. But when I read 1 John, I have a different feeling about what the truth is coming into my life. It's all truth and it's all valuable. And sometimes I need a slap and say, thank you, sir. I needed that. (laughs) Other times I need a hand around my shoulder that says, you're going to make it. Here, let's go back to the word. Let's go back to the truth. Let's look at it again and see here where fear, like in Peter's case, see here, Peter, fear got you off track. You were afraid of what these guys would say about you rather than, you know, uh, respect for God's word and what it says about you. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing covers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing, for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. For 30 years, Cabern Air Conditioning has proudly served the Space Coast area. Honest, professional, and reliable, and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Whether it's repairs, maintenance, or it's time to upgrade your old system, Cabern Air will take care of it. 321-784-0127. That's 321-784-0127. Or visit them online at cabern.com. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Bread. Welcome back, everybody. You know, what, what's going on here is there's a conflict in the church. Something's happened that is not right, and so there's a disagreement, conflict in the church, and it's between, really, Paul and Peter. What's going on here? How do you resolve that? One, I think you've got to resolve it because uncorrected errors multiply. That's good. And that's what we've seen happen in the leaven. church. A little leaven leavens a whole lump. Don Shula was big at being very strict in, in teaching that undefeated team, 70, you know, 69, 70, and 71, those years of the Miami Dolphins, very strict on minor things wrong because he believed that, you know, uncorrected errors multiply. And it's a biblical principle. And so you do have to address it 
But how do you address it? You address it with the truth. Mm. Now, are you a surgeon or a butcher? The truth is the sword of the spirit. <clears throat> so how do you cut out an error? Do you do it like a butcher or do you do it like a surgeon? The truth, the Bible says, that we speak the truth in love. And so that gets back to what I'd said earlier about how you do things and caring about people and helping them through situations. And in some case, you confront, but in many cases, you share the truth and then you know, move them from the air into the truth. And so how we handle conflict in the body of Christ is very important. Lead and, with grace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you will be grace-filled as you minister to them, you'll go a lot further. Amen. That's a good word, Mark. Thanks. God Thanks. bless you guys. See you guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.